The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. That guy who dropped the ball is the reason the Kardashians are famous Kardashians because. Famous. Ha! Yeah, no, that's Mike Vrabel, a Stanley Steamer carpet cleaner, dude. You know, he'll steam over some of the shittiest carpets you've ever seen. And Brando. Talking bills with your family could be like talking politics sometimes if Tremaine Edmonds' contract comes into discussion. On Buffalo Rumblings. Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm here with just Brando today. Pat's feeling a little bit under the weather, so we're going to try to hold up our end of the humor here, but uh, no promises. Definitely definitely no promises. <laughs> yeah, no promises. Uh, Buffalo Rumblings Podcast, you can find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. Brando, how are we doing on this uh, fine off-season night here? Weather's better up there, isn't it's it? It's excellent. Being outside is great. Playing tennis after school is fun. Got a little summer on my nose golfing. So it's looking up here in Buffalo, except I think it's supposed to be 80 on Sunday almost. And then it's it might snow next week. We're getting 30. Oh, again, I saw so. the Patrick Hammer drama. Oh, on Twitter. I did see everyone that too. Was getting, yeah. Everyone was getting mad at him. Yeah, and rightfully so, because clearly like it's that. the weatherman's fault. Could you imagine uh, what the weather does. <laughs> what's a worse job? Like what person could be so wrong all the time, but not get fired or be hated? You know, and he's not, or be beloved, you know, like, I don't know. Don Paul's a legend in the Buffalo's community, right? And that's true. That's Mike true. Randall, My dad loves like, Don you, Paul. You talk to people in Buffalo, they know the weathermen's name, like Patrick Hammer, all of them. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like the local morning DJs. He's like a Rob Lucas or something like that. Yeah. That he just like has, has been around for ages. Yeah. Right. That kind of thing. But we got the draft coming up in a couple of weeks here. Right now we're talking drafts, prospects. One of the big controversies is whether the Bills should go up running back in the first round. And this kind of comes up every year, right? We've had this, you know, when Travis Etienne was drafted, we talked about the Bills potentially taking him. He, of course, was drafted before they picked, I believe, that draft in 2021. Uh, He was picked at 25. I don't remember where the Bills picked that year. They would have been 29 because they were... In overtime in the... Right. Oh no, AFC, that was that no, no, AFC, AFC that was championship. Anyway, so Bijan Robinson is a hot topic around Twitter these days. With our good friend Anthony Marino really tooting the horn. But Bruce is not. Bruce Nolan, fellow no. Buffalo Rumblings contributor. Ask him no. what he thinks about getting a running back first round. He's 
absolutely not unacceptable. Yeah. And with a lot of people, people call it a waste of an asset to use on a first round running back because running running backs are dime a dozen. It's basic asset usage. But so I wanted to look at all the first round running backs taken in like the last 10 years or so and really look and see if any of them had a crucial positive impact on their franchise. Well, that's interesting. So what do you define as crucial impact of winning? Because if you draft, if you're the Giants, you know, spoilers, they drafted Saquon Barkley high. Yep. But they were bad, right? And they weren't going to be good. You know, they draft him with Eli, still old quarterback. And, you know, did he help them win an extra game? Maybe. But did they make the playoffs? No. Like, I don't know. All right, we can get into yeah. this. So, into this. Yeah, yeah, so that's obviously a very open-ended question. Yep. But before we get to that, let's do some let's do some trivia to kick it off here. Since 2015, there have been a dozen running backs taken in the first round. I'm gonna get six. Pass. All right. Well, maybe I bet you can get 12 because all but one of these players, as far as I know, are still in the NFL in some capacity. Right. Okay. And the Bills have not taken one of them. No, the Bills have not taken any of these. Okay. Uh, C.J. Spiller was in 2010. Yes. Was the last first round running oh, back they had. What a polarizing pick that was then. Who needs C.J. Spiller when you got Freddie? Anyways, Saquon. All right, Saquon Barkley. Got it. Christian McCaffrey. Got it. Travis Etienne. 2021. Who's the dude from Pittsburgh? Harris, Najee Harris. 2021 also. Zeke Elliott. Yes, that is 2016. Clyde Edwards, Elaire. Very nice. Pick 32, 2020. Almost a second round pick at that point. But he wasn't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's think. I'm going team to team, pick to pick. Jets didn't have one. Dolphins didn't have one. Bills didn't have one. Patriots didn't have one. Chiefs had one. You you might want to you might not want to gloss over the Patriots. <sighs> Damian Harris wasn't a first round pick. Played with L.A. recently. Yeah, Daryl Henderson. Nope. Was part of that tandem, though, I believe. Cam Akers? No. Who's the guy that uh, scored the touchdown in overtime against the Falcons to win the Super Bowl? Is it this guy? Was- no, I think that was not Devin White. Um, oh. Uh, is the guy's last name White? Yeah. <laughs> How do we not know this? He's not the answer to the first round no, running back. No, what's his uh, name? Uh, Pat would be James, kicking us right yeah, now. Yeah, I need him for this. James White, James right? James White. Is that right? I don't know. No, that can't be right. I, no. I don't know. Pat would be, Pat could name every single Patriots running back back to like 1965. All right. I don't want to get stuck on this guy from the Patriots. Uh, Cook, Dalvin Cook? Nope. Second round pick? Okay. Let's think. All right. Let's, let's see if we can tips. get the one. Give me some tips. Okay. This guy's out of the league, was considered the best rusher in the NFL for a year or two played with a team that moved after he was off the team. Josh maybe Jacobs? he was still, maybe he was still on the team. That is an answer. That's not, um, the, that's right not the one, one that I was talking about, yeah. but Josh Jacobs was a first rounder pick 24 in 2019. Okay. And then team that moved is obviously the Rams running back before it's not Todd Gurley, is it? Yes, sir. That's the oldest oh, one on this list. Wow. Okay. All right. All now right. think about that, that era. Good, that was a and good think clue. about think about West Coast teams. Same year. The guy from five San Diego picks later. From uh Yep. 
has what has bounced around recently. I feel like we traded this guy in fantasy last year. Not this you past and I? year, but yeah. Dude, oh, I have not a clue. I know that might not help at all. Yeah, the what's the guy that catches all the balls he wants to trade right now? They can't get a deal done. Fumbles a lot. Dude, I'm so bad at this. I need Pat here. I need like <laughs> a list of teams on my screen. You got the right team. It's San Diego. This guy has played for the Broncos recently as well. Oh, I know exactly who he is. All right, can I skip him? Can I skip him? Sure. All sure. right, I'll, I'll think about him. Um, give me uh, Nick Chubb. Nope. Derrick Henry, he's in your, your eight, your seven. So I don't know if that if he's been in the league long enough to be first round pick. Derrick Henry was a second round pick, I believe. Okay. Uh, let's see. Or, let's go or later. Okay, DeAndre Swift. Nope. DeAndre Swift is not a first round running back. Nope. Aaron uh, Jones. Well, nope. Ty Montgomery. I'm going through the NFC North right now. Nope. All right. So you've got four left. Two we've skipped. Uh, let's get to. This this guy recently was running back uh, on a team with the goat, but he's not with the team Leonard that he was Fournette. originally drafted. There you go, yep. Leonard Fournette drafted 2017, pick four overall. Okay. All right, next guy that we have the only guy we haven't talked about yet, West Coast NFC team up in the Pacific Northwest, and this guy was injured all year this year, so. That opened the door for the new rookie on his team, which turned out to be a fantasy steal. This guy has a last name of a coin. Nickel. Smaller. Oh, Rashad Penny. <laughs> oh, go. my God. I'm an idiot. That's stupid. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. Let me think here. I'm going back. I said Todd Gurley, right? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, not Melvin Ingram, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. There you go. Oh, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, All right. You got one left drafted by the Patriots. Stevenson is not a first round pick. Sony Michelle. Further back. There you go. All right. That's all 12. Oh, my God. That was brutal. How long did that take? <laughs> I don't know. It's all right. It'll be a too lot shorter. Long. When I yeah. That took worry, way too worry. long. It shows how much that I don't care about the running back position anymore, though. I used to really, I could name all of them. You know, Marshawn Lynch, that era, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, even before him, um, Travis Henry, Sean Alexander, you know, LT, that era was just, they were the stars in the league. Yeah, it was a different game. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you got... Larry you Johnson, know, Priest Holmes. Adrian Peterson might be the last yeah. guy of that era. Yeah. And he obviously played for a long time. Anyway, so talking about this, I'm looking at these running backs. We got Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Najee Harris, and Travis Etienne. So obviously, when you're p- using a first round draft pick, you're trying to turn the tides of your franchise. It's that level of pick. And let's say, you know, Late first round pick, obviously the expectations are lower. But when you use that asset, you're trying to get a franchise altering player. The argument is that by using it on a running back, you're not using it in another area, right? Yeah. Um, the opportunity cost is too high to pick a running back with the contracts that you can give out. Because the biggest thing with draft picks is the cost controlled contract, especially for teams that are capped 
you know, they're they're in cap trouble. They they spent to the cap. They can't go spend eight million dollars a year on a James Conner or four million a year on a Devin Singletary. But you can draft a running back in the fourth round that will outproduce both of them, and you're paying him eight hundred thousand dollars. Or but and then the money scale for the draft. You know, you you take a quarterback like we said, a quarterback's contract as a rookie. What they said, what we saw, we haven't seen a quarterback on an extension that's not a rookie deal win a Super Bowl in a long time because of how valuable that rookie contract is. But then you get a contract like Ezekiel Elliott where it sinks his whole franchise. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's an anchor. Yeah, and Saquon and like all of these guys, Eckler. Yeah. Well. So, and the counterpoint to that argument being, if you get a generational player. You should take him no matter what if he's there because yeah. someone's going to take him, right? And running backs, although not maybe as valued as wide receivers these days, can still be impact players. We still see running backs who make an impact across the league. Um, you know, you've still got Christian McCaffrey. He was a really Nick good Ch- point for this just because of the injuries on their team and what he was able to do throwing the ball at all of these little check downs, which we don't do anyways all these swing passes your screens your bubble screens we don't do here McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan really were able to manufacture them up and to have that level of talent like you said the generational talent maybe of McCaffrey McCaffrey a generational player yeah no I think so and uh you know Pat's not on so he's not gonna (laughs) have a hernia uh, over us saying that but uh, yeah, I mean, looking at this list of players, how many of them do you think have turned the tides of their franchise more than any other pick could have? And I, I get it. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? You know, we could redraft every single draft and it would be totally different. Well, let's just start at the top. Like Todd Gurley. Honestly, not a t- not the worst the on Bowl. this list. He yeah, has I mean, a Super Bowl appearance. Do yeah. we? No, not in a long time. Apples and oranges there. I'm going to say um, like there's six. Half of them have been hugely impactful. Worth worth the first round pick. Yeah, I'd say half. But here's the other thing that I would like to know what this is a lot of digging is those years that these guys were taken. So Christian McCaffrey goes first. You know, is there Alvin Kamara in his draft class where he's a fourth round pick and he might rival McCaffrey's stats? Or if you look and you see Saquon's class... Who is the third round guy there? You know, who is the fourth round guy there? Is there anybody that rivals these guys? Because you can get such an impact player at the running back position later. We say generational, and that's cool. You you know he's going to come in and make an impact, but it's the ones that you don't know that come in and make the impact. They, these fourth round guys, these fifth round guys. I mean, what is uh, Pacheco? Seventh round pick? for the chiefs helps wins them a super bowl. Yep. Um, you don't know that they weren't talking about him pre-draft and you listen to somebody like Mike show He says, I was on Isaiah Pacheco, you know, and the thing is receiver contracts are getting up there. Now that's the extra value. You're not paying Diggs and Davis 40 million combined. You know, if you lose Davis, you're paying Diggs insert first round pick for 2 million in your total wide receiver room. The, the money goes down. Same thing with an edge rusher. You're you're right in the in the sense that it's 50-50, maybe. But that also is true for all first round picks, really. What's the hit well, rate on all first round picks? 
that yeah, you're you're right. I think that this is this might be lower than 50-50 cuz the further we get down this list, I think the less impactful the players have gotten and that's also further down the list is more recent. Yeah. So, we know that the NFL changes year over year and it's you know, the passing game. Todd Gurley 2015 is still a point where you could really run a power rushing game and be a top level attack in the NFL. There are very few teams who still do that. The Titans being one, the Browns being another. Could you call Zeke Elliott a franchise changer? No. I I don't think so. In a Christian bad McCaffrey. Way. Christian McCaffrey is the only definite yes. Saquon Barkley is a tentative yes. Rashad Penny, no. Sony Michelle, absolutely not. Josh Jacobs? No. Not really. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire, no. Najee Harris, no. Travis Etienne, no, not yet. Travis Etienne's uh, close, but I don't think they're going to run it enough for him to get to that level in Jacksonville. No, I don't think so either. All right. So to go along with what you're saying, with the way the Bills have always kind of been interested in running back, we've seen them draft, you know, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, James Cook now three years in a row. Uh, I looked back, we're, we're getting a lot of headlines about pre-draft visits right the bills are having the top 30 visits you can fly a guy in you can fly 30 guys in that are out of market to come meet with the team um you we recently just saw like jackson smith and jigma the tight end luke shunomaker from michigan and darnell washington from georgia then you get to the the d-line grabbing dexter and but I, i was looking around and i wanted to go back in history to see how their visits might correlate with their draft picks. It was a lot of information. And I forgot that COVID happened for a minute because it changed everything for the way that they could visit pre-draft. So I looked at 2019, the year after Josh, two players that the Bills had met with, they drafted and they were Ed Oliver and Dawson Knox. But some notables from that year, they met with Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Josh Allen defense, uh, Montez Sweat, Max Crosby, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson. So some good quality players, but you never know how the board is going to fall. So 2020 was different because of COVID. You get 100 visits and they had to be FaceTime. Um, and they didn't take anybody that they had met with. Um, but they did meet with 11 receivers and they met with Chase Claypool four times. So that's one of those things that you wonder if they had him on their board really highly ranked or after that third or fourth meeting, they just fell out of favor with him and didn't draft him because they didn't like him. So that would be interesting. Where did Chase Claypool get drafted in the board? 49th overall in the second round out of Notre Dame. So the the Bills could have had him if they wanted him. That year in 2020, the Bills met with J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, DeAndre Striff, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Clyde edwards Elaire. So, you know, a lot of skill position players. 2021 and again that was not that long ago and you can't you don't even know if you want to take it seriously what was his what was uh chase claypool's overall draft selection 49th 49 okay so they actually couldn't have gotten him is that the year they traded their first for Diggs? that was the year they didn't have their first for Diggs. so their first pick was aj epinesa in that draft at number 54 overall so they would have had to move so, up so you wonder right. that's only five picks in front of him Right, if if he had dropped. Yeah. But then again, this could all mean nothing because in 2021, they met with kicker Evan McPherson. They didn't take him. They didn't need a kicker really, but they did take Matariza as a punter, right? But nothing really crazy that year. Asante Samuel Jr. Jarrett Patterson, the running back from UB, was a visit. But then last year, you stick with the running back perspective. They met with Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. 
But then they also met with James Cook and Kyrie Elam and they took him. So it's just it's it all comes down to how the draft falls. Bills could have loved Chase Claypool and just missed out. But when you look at the the trends of the position groups that are coming in and the is it offense or defense? And and right now you have one, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers, three offensive linemen, two running backs, four tight ends, four defensive lines, and three safeties. So that you're you're offensive heavy on your visits right now. So what do you think about that? Do you think that matters or do you think that's like McDermott can get a read on a defensive player better because he's a defensive coach and they want to learn more about the offensive guys? I I really think that it's I, I think that they see what we all see and how valuable it would be to have a rookie wide receiver come in and make an impact right away. It seems to be a position, especially in recent years, where more so than most other positions where a rookie can come in and be effective. You don't see that as much on the offensive line. If you select an offensive tackle, you're probably going to have to do like two years of development before that player hits their peak where, you know, not everyone is a Jamar Chase either. Um, and is just going to set the world on fire as a rookie. Well, we saw, talked about that last but, episode, six thousand yard receivers, right? In the last, what, same amount of time, 2016. Yeah. Yeah, and not all taken in the first round, obviously. So I, I think that the the value that they could have there if they get the right guy is is too hard to deny. And you know, th- there are people that say that this draft is not as deep in the wide receiver class as it has been in years prior, and obviously that remains to be seen. I don't know if there's been a bad receiver draft in the last ten years <laughs> where you could say that there was zero wide receivers that came out of it that were good, but. I think that the board will suit their needs as long as there's not a run on wide receivers in the 20s, like right before they pick. Which has happened regularly, right? Right. Exactly. In the last few years. It seems to me that the guys that are really going to make an impact have to go earlier, though, than what we can get. And I don't want to take one just for the sake of taking one. I want somebody that's going to make a difference. This is a huge draft class to influx talent that we couldn't get as a free agent. Because we, of our spending, we had to do it. The Chiefs did a really great job last year of doing this. Their rookie class helped them to their Super Bowl immensely. We need that. We need rookie production to keep our window open. You have to get it. Brandon Bean says it all the time. He's looking for the future and now. Your future dies year to year in the NFL. The year to year turnover is crazy, right? So if he misses on a few of these picks, you haven't had a Pro Bowler since what? Dion? It's been a second. Josh yeah. and Tremaine, like it's been a long time. So we need some solid, solid production out of these guys. Absolutely. All right, let's get a break in here real quick, and uh, we'll be right back with a uh, Sabres update. It's time for the Weekly Sabres Update. What's it? Like 12? 12 12? years. A dozen. This has been your Weekly Sabres Update. At least it's not 17. Oh, we got five years, ladies and gentlemen, to catch this Bills drought. The Sabres, you know, (laughs) they're just... You know, they're just getting to to they're barely a just, teenagers. Just they're pre-teens. Hit, hitting their prime. They can't drive yet. <laughs> they're not going to parties. They're just getting in uh, middle school. There's there's some squirrely sixth graders. They're not some 
college kid, you know, going on visits and drinking in the farm field. And yeah. Stuff. The, the, oh my gosh. The Bills drought, you know, that could drink in half the countries in the world. It Jets was territory, right? Oh yeah. The Jets We're with the Jets 12 years. We're not the only team. Yeah. Cause yeah. those Jets suck. So, but <laughs> they, the, they have had the question that we've all had quarterback franchise quarterback, the Jets. Who is it? I don't know. They don't know. Aaron Rodgers doesn't know, but the Sabres have had the same issue with their goalie and now they might have solved it. And I was trying to explain this the other day. It's like, everybody loved Josh Allen, right? Like he, he can do no wrong. That's how Devin Levi is going to be. If he can come in and be a good goalie, because when you go 10 years now without a goalie this way, and uh, the, the, the crazy number was, it was like save percentage ranking in the league or some advanced stat. It was like metric goals against, I don't know what it was. Was it Goals expected. above expected yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, where he ranks. Goals or saves or goal saved above expected yes. or something like that. His goal save above expected ranks with like Igor Shesterkin and Connor Hellebuck, which is like 17th, 16th, 15th in the league. And then Craig Anderson's 49th. Eric Comrie's like 82nd and Lukanen's 77th. These guys are yeah. triple backups. Like they're your backups, backup. <laughs> and the it's like they couldn't be the third goaltender on a lot of teams in in the NHL. Yeah. So, so if you, if you have Lucan in all season, you you make the playoffs. So it's really exciting for next year. I hope you next mean year's Levi. Year. Levi. Oh, oh, we had Lucan in and we didn't make the yes. playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it, next year is going to be exciting. Yeah. Since this guy right here, Ryan Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, you could you could argue. If you're gonna sure. argue anybody's been good, I'm gonna I'm gonna close my laptop. I was going to say Allmark. Yeah, he just he caught fire in a bottle this year. Boston's good. They have a good defensive team. Allmark was never that good here. But again, in hockey and football and, and you know all sports, whatever, the best version of you doesn't exist in Buffalo until Sean McDermott got here. You know, Ryan O'Reilly that's, leaves. That's a, that's a very good point. Yeah, so that's, that's a good way to put it. Dominic Hasek leaves, wins a cup with the Red Wings. The list is so long for Buffalo athletes. I'm sure, you know, it's sports. We just are. It just hurts more when we watch these superstars. Like Hasek's a Vesna winner. Miller's a Vesna winner. Ryan O'Reilly wins the con Smythe. It's not like they can just win it and be like a role player. They have to win it and be a centerpiece of the team. You know, Jack Eichel's yeah. going to get an opportunity this year for the first time in his career in the playoffs. But but I will say, like, there's counterexamples to that too, and especially recently, you know, and we're obviously viewing this through the lens of Buffalo sports as a trend throughout our lifetime where for our childhood, there was like moments with the Sabres, right? The Bills always sucked throughout our entire childhood as, as early as we can remember. And that's a, a longer standing curve that we're kind of working across, right? Yeah. But, you know, with the Sabres, it's been a little bit more up and down. But again, that narrative that you're discussing where it's like good, you know, players are never their best in Buffalo. They go somewhere else and play way better and become the best version of themselves. That happened with Bills players all the time, Sabres players all the time. But we got stuff turning around the other way. The 2012, 2013 Sabres, you know, they would if they would have traded away Eichel in that, like we would have gotten some sneaky player back. But we got Krebs and we got Tuck, and they're delivering. They're becoming the best versions of themselves. Alex Tuck is having his best season ever as a professional hockey player. Well, you, this this list is very long. You're making a good point. Casey Middlestad, dude, couldn't do a pull up 
five years ago and he's almost 60 points but on I'm, the I'm season. talking about like players who weren't even their best version of themselves at their previous home. Stefan Diggs, another yeah. great example, yeah. becoming the best version of himself. Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. Yeah. We traded away Ryan O'Reilly and for years that looked like the stupidest trade of all time. In and all pro of a sudden, sports, like one of the worst all trades of a sudden, ever. All of a sudden, Tage Thompson rises to stardom out of the ashes like Dumbledore's bird that he has that burns <laughs> itself every every month or whatever. Whoa. So it's it's been a wild ride and uh, obviously getting Josh Allen and stuff like that. It seems like, you know, even though we've had two disappointing ends to the season, it seems like everything is going to be all right in the world of Buffalo sports. And yeah. we've got a lot to look forward to from both teams next yeah. season. I mean, when was the last time that both teams were good at the same time? Nine, like nine, 2000, 19, 1999. No, is, are they? Well, yeah. 99 is when they probably would have both made the playoffs at the same time. Yeah. So since wow, we were three, three years that. old, hey, hey, I was older than that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we get it. You were <laughs> four and a half. No. Anyway, yeah, there you go. but <laughs> It's looking up. These games are going to be exciting. The the Sabres and the Bills games. They were year. exciting this year. Yeah. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. I was about to ready to throw things at the TV after Lindy Ruff called the cha- offside challenge. Oh, did you hear him talk about it in the morning? They're like, Lindy, come on. <laughs> throw your team a bone, man. You need this game. The Sabres need this game. You don't need this game, man. Like like everybody in, in Buffalo where you lived forever, you played forever. You can't just be like, yeah, she's not going. Yeah, he's still a Bills fan. I mean, yeah. he finished up his Devils press conference earlier this year. He's like, the Bills are playing. I got to go. Hurry up. <laughs> people people forget how, how much of a player he was here when he played as, the, as a player on the team, right? He was a good player, lived here for a long time, and then coached here for a long time, and best coach in the franchise. And he he loved Buffalo, right? He loves Buffalo, so he shouldn't have challenged. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I was saying the same thing, <laughs> but... I mean, I still will say that the the Sabers are a, a kicked puck away from making the playoffs. That Islanders yeah, yeah. BS was uh, yeah. a load of crap. But anyway, all right, that'll wrap things up for today. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at Not Buff Podcast. Um, first new social media account is up. If you want to follow us there, um, we caved and got a TikTok. Um, just because it's crazy this how fast stuff me. spreads on there. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I it's go up. check it out. I guess it's up. Yeah. It's a wild app. Absolutely wild. Maybe an Instagram soon. We'll uh, keep you guys updated on that. But on everything, we'll try to be at Not Buff Podcast to keep it straight. So you can do that. People have Instagram, but don't have Twitter? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I would do, I yeah. would say it's the other way around. I don't know. But that's that's a Buffalo thing, I think, because I don't know. We'll Google that's the user a numbers. That's another a little chat GBT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Go Bills. Go Bills.